Well, now you guys see the new black widow trailer? No. Come on, guys. There's not much to talk about. You haven't even seen the only things we can talk about. I thought, well, you can describe it for us in detail. Is this it? Is this the Q sheet? I put on some things. Give them a description. Okay. All right, so here are the notes. Brock Besser, Tanner Pearson. This is the second podcast of the day. Are you going to host? Or? Yeah, I guess so. Do you guys hear that, like, hum? Yeah, what's that hum? What is that? It's not coming through the... I don't hear there it. There it is. It's okay. gone. I don't hear it. It's this thing. Oh, no, now it's back. Better. All right, let's do this because we have less than an hour. Oh, you have to start because you have the first line. Oh, I don't... I didn't mean to do that. No, you didn't read it. Okay. Today on the Geek Out Podcast, a Black Widow trailer. Are you on? Is my line that you wrote for me just Mulan? As far as I got, Kristen. <laughs> Better than Caleb's line. There isn't one for Caleb. Hey, I'll talk about that show I was just telling you guys about. Great. All right, you ready? Let's go. <laughs> Nerdy is the new sexy. Let's go to be a geek. The Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Geek Out podcast episode... 96. This is a weird one because it's just me and Art, and so we pulled in Caleb Kirby to do his second podcast with Art today. I'm so sorry. I know. I'm really sick of him. I wasn't apologizing to you. What? <laughs> She's apologizing to me, man. I got to put up with your ass all day? Come on. <laughs> you got nothing to say that. Life's tough. Um, episode 96. Episode Pavel Bure. The not so good version. This is not the. This is not your sports podcast now. This is for nerd things. Oh, sorry. No sports now. Okay. Maybe we'll talk about sports later. Yeah. Um. I guess I'm hosting this because I'm at the buttons today. So this is going to be the worst episode in our 96 show history. Um. I'm Kirsten James. I'm in the midday zone. Is there a hum? Is that what's going on in here? Dude, it's like the air vents. We we have a hum in our air vents in here. It's not that bad. If you can hear it, it's not my fault. <laughs> my name is Art Aronson, and just once upon a time, I'll let you know this little-known secret, Kirsten James and Caleb Kirby. I used to be the host of this podcast, and then <gasps> I was so rudely taken out as the host. You used to be the host? I'm just kidding. I, I, I wasn't rudely taken out. I was just replaced by... Another Asian. Another Asian. Wow. Yeah. How dare they? Well, you know what? It made sense because I was in and out of the podcast, and... <laughs> Quite frankly, not as not as invested as uh, a couple of the other guys here who, you know, it's really their podcast. So we're uh, we're going to try and fill the shoes of Webmeister Bud and Brian Capistrano. What seems to be the issue? But not Paul Placino. Fuck that guy's shoes. You can't hear that home, man. It sounds like like an alien's trying to land on the building or something. <laughs> it does. You can't hear that. It's shaking the room. <laughs> It is. It's really loud. It is kind of concerning that you can't hear it. Are yeah. I mean, I anyway. have terrible hearing, but I can't hear it, no. Okay. That's fine. Let's just keep rolling. Who are you? Oh, I'm Caleb Curry, yeah. Yeah, I'm a guy that uh, works here for now, and uh, <laughs> um, no, like, uh, yeah, I'm a writer at the Q in the Zone. It's been fun. <laughs> What, what did Chris just say? Make every day like it could be your last day? God, what a way. What a way to live. <laughs> what a way to be. At Carpe diem. Carpe diem. <laughs> Seize the day. Caleb Kirby and I just got out of a recording of a hockey podcast. So if we're at each other's throats during this podcast, it's because of that. There's no hockey in this cue sheet unless you somehow snuck it in. Or if I accidentally pick up that other one. Well, I tried to there, and you already told me to stop with that. <laughs> stop with it. You just... Yeah, stop you, talking about hockey. You, Let's get to the stuff. You just had an hour to talk about hockey. All right. Coming soon. Yes. I put this sheet together. Art, Art also put this cue sheet together. This is going to... I know that uh, Brian and Paul <laughs> and Bud were really excited <laughs> to hear how this podcast would go. And I'm just blaming everything on you, Art. Well, honestly, I thought I was going to be the host. That's why I kind of oh. put it together for myself. Well, do you want to switch with me? No. Oh. You kind of took the seat and you were going <laughs> to run with it. So I kind of want to see what happens now. I'm sorry. I assumed I'd be better at it than you. <laughs> Coming soon. What's that mean? <laughs> um, so Disney's live action remake of Mulan. It was supposed to come out in the theaters back in March. Obviously, one of the victims of the pandemic um, we didn't know what was going to happen with Mulan. We didn't know if it was going to be coming to theaters, what the, the heck Disney was going to do with it. And they just announced 
that on September 4th, they're going to have Mulan available on Disney Plus streaming. But unlike Hamilton, which was included in the fee, fucking they're going to charge $30 for this. What? Yeah. I know. That's crazy, right? They're going to charge $30 to watch Mulan? Yes. On top of the... So not only do you have to be subscribed to Disney Plus, they're then charging you an extra $30 for Mulan. Thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. They are banking on parents. Just, I got to get something for my kids. There's to watch. got okay. There's got to be. There's got to be some sort of like explanation for this though. Like thirty dollars just gets you that movie. Yeah. On top of your subscription. Yeah. Well, it's like a rental, right? So this is kind of like the. That's same. not a rental though. A rental is like six bucks. It's so they did this with Trolls World Tour, <laughs> <laughs> and then they did it. I think Universal did it with um, Invisible Man and a couple of their other releases. They did these like thirty dollar, forty eight hour rentals, and it was them basically trying to recoup their costs of not releasing in theaters. Did they recoup their costs? Well, you, well, Trolls made a hundred million or something in like the first little while. I like how Trolls World Tour is now like a favorite topic of this podcast. Yeah, we talk about <laughs> Trolls constantly. We talk about it way too much. <laughs> but like, I get, I'm okay with paying, like, I don't love to pay $30 to rent something, but we've talked about it before in the podcast. If it's, if I don't have to go to the theaters and I can just rent whatever brand new movie is coming out for 30 bucks, if you think about that, like the cost of going to a movie is what, like 10 to 15 bucks. Thirty dollars is insane. Like either either up the base charge of your subscription price, which right now is what six bucks a month for Disney. Don't be dragging people through the coals for thirty bucks every time you release a new movie. That's insane, man. Well, think about it. Like Kirsten said, how much would it cost <laughs> you? It. How much would it cost you to go to the theater and watch this movie with your family? Cheap Tuesday. Still a lot more Caleb than thirty. Caleb has no family. I, I don't have a family. $10. Just so all the listeners know, I don't have a family. Oh, I was your family. <laughs> yeah, Aww. Art is the closest thing I have to family. And you heard the way he talked to me just a second ago. Um, Listen, no, to I, I, I honestly think it's overpriced. I do. I think it's overpriced too, especially on top of the fee. I don't know why Disney, like if they just released it like a normal, like Universal did it and it was a video on demand streaming, whatever, fine. But to be paying for Disney Plus already and then paying additional premiums on top of that, that's insane. If it was $20 for a one-time rental thing, too that much. change it? Look, I'm probably going to rent it. You're going to rent Mulan for $30. You guys can come over and watch it. There there you go. Exactly. That's another thing. Is that what they're doing? Is that like what people are banking on? Like, please put like, like a, like a UFC fight night where everybody comes in and chips in for a pay-per-view. It's got to be. Is that what it is? How much like here, talk about, even though I said, let's not talk about hockey, talking about hockey, like how much was a pay-per-view game, right? Those were like, yeah, but that's why they got rid of those. They were expensive. No one was buying them. The only place that was buying them was pubs. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, and then UFC, like that's like 150, 200 bucks, isn't it? Like it's a huge premium. It's, it's like usually, yeah, it's about 100 bucks nowadays. So you get all your friends together at the person's house who has the best TV and a tiki bar. <laughs> and you watch Mulan. <laughs> you watch. Hey, this Mulan movie looks like. Have you seen? Have you seen the? Previews? Yeah, I've seen the previews for it. It looks awesome. I liked the Disney movie. I didn't love it. The, sorry, the animated Disney movie, obviously. Uh, I think that I do want to watch this movie, but I will not be paying the $30. I will wait the eight months or whatever it's going to be until it's just available. On you Disney can wait Plus. 24 hours and somebody will have pirated it. <laughs> like, not I even. Kirsten James, I don't do that. Oh. We don't do that. On You're right. We don't, we don't uh, promote that. I didn't promote it. I just said I was being realistic. 24 hours, it's going to be available. <laughs> I mean, I like, you know, there's no way I'd pay 30 bucks for it. And, it. and I think it's a bad business model, mm-hmm. really. At the end of the day, if you're already charging people for a subscription, just charge a little. Netflix drops movies all the time. They charge a little extra for their monthly subscription, right? If you want to do that, follow the Netflix model. You know, like, double your double your initial cost to get in there and recoup your finances that way. I mean, the movie looks great. I mean, all the flying and the magic it looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I like Paul Plastino's quote. It was something like, as soon as he saw there was a witch in it, he was like, I'm on board. There's a witch in this movie. 
And I'm wondering who's the who's the little bird again? There is is there going to be like like in the animated? I can't remember who played the the bird. Are you talking about Iago? Nelly from, Furtado from, no. from oh. Aladdin. Oh, maybe I'm getting my yeah, Disney Iago movies mixed up. Because there's a there Gilbert was, Godfrey. Yeah, Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> he shows up out of nowhere <laughs> as a bird in this like like real futile uh, yeah. version of Mulan, like very serious. <laughs> you just cut the. You know what I hate? Wars. <laughs> Well, they ruined that. Why does everybody have to fight? (laughs) They they didn't have a good Iago in the Aladdin. Oh, they farmed it. That movie sucked. That 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 Iago didn't even talk, did he? No, I don't. He didn't even ask for crackers. He he just turned into a giant like warmonger at the end of the movie and chased them all around Agrabah. Oh yeah, right. Remember? Yeah. 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 I think there's a scary bird though in (laughs) Mulan, so I'm sticking with that. (laughs) There's not a scary bird. (laughs) What? Isn't there? I don't. I don't know. A little tiny scary. I don't know. Yeah. I'm off on this one. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Okay. Um. Did I tell you that I was tired? Oh, yeah, Art has also oh, been up Jesus. since 5 a.m. So. Yeah, uh, before that, Kirsten. Since, since 3, I don't know what time you... I don't keep your schedule. Yeah, I was doing the morning newscast today. So I just want to let everybody know what a trooper I am. He's big dogging <laughs> everybody right now. <laughs> Emphasis on morning. Yeah. You don't need your mommy today? Uh, I could use my mommy. <laughs> Who couldn't use their mommy? Oh, gosh. Okay, Art, tell me about this. Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans are going toe-to-toe in the new spy thriller, The Gray Man. Yeah, so this this is something that I think it was on or almost made our cue sheet a couple of weeks ago or last week, and we didn't, for whatever reason, talk about it, and it was, like, the biggest news of the week. It was this... We're busy talking about Hamilton for the third time. <laughs> yeah. So this is... Uh, it's apparently the biggest budgeted Netflix movie that's ever... Made and it's going to be starring, of course, Chris Evans, Ryan Gosling, and it's going to be directed by Joe and Anthony Russo. Oh, your favorites! Yeah, and it's uh, I guess it's some sort of spy CIA movie or something. Of weren't, the sort. You, weren't you disappointed by Extraction though? Uh, yeah, I did not like And that was Joe and Anthony Russo, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it yeah. was a Russo one, using, and like, it was yeah. also, using like Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah. and it was directed yeah. Netflix too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, yeah, and I guess they have some sort of deal with Netflix. Apparently, hmm. the Russo brothers do. Uh, I heard the action's really good in that movie. I haven't seen it yet. Did you? You kind of gave it a poor review. I gave it a solid six. Is what I give it. It's not. It's not something that I'd go and watch again. I didn't like the development of. Did you arts worthless movie review that one too? I think I did. Yeah, Yeah. solid six on it, and I I thought that was generous. Hmm. Six really. Wow. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. And then they're gonna make a second one. An extraction too, yeah, and and this, yeah, yeah. This movie sounds like even with the Russos talking about it, it sounds very similar. He says, "For those who were fans of Captain America: Winter Soldier, this is us moving into that territory in more of a real world setting. That's what this movie really means for us." But doesn't that just sound like Extraction? <laughs> I guess so. I loved Winter Soldier. It's yeah. a it's a good movie. Like I mean, the Russos are smart to name drop that movie because I feel like Winter Soldier is. That's their moneymaker Amongst right there. the top, even Marvel movies for most people, that makes it in the top three. Yeah. I, yeah. Mean, I mean, they did both. They did both Avengers movies to finish it and Civil War. So they have a pretty good, pretty good uh, history there. But outside of Marvel, what have they done, right? Extraction. And there was another movie that uh, they did with Chadwick Boseman. Where he's like a police officer, and I can't remember. The oh name yeah, right. oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I haven't seen. Yeah, it I think that's on Amazon right now. I think it's like sitting there, and it's uh, it's like something. It doesn't have to do with like streets or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember seeing the ads for it. Anyways, never watched it. One thing I will say about the Russo brothers is they can direct the hell out of an action sequence, and I think that's half the battle. If you're watching these kind of movies, like. Like no quick cuts, like really, really clean looking action with like great stunts. And I like I was blown away by that that uh, car chase in Winter Soldier where they're like sliding on the door. I was I was blown away to learn like that was actually stunt people and like practical effects, not CGI. Like if you go back and watch it, it's insane. So, yeah, I, I'd watch it. I think the Russos are really good. I think when I watch their films. They have they're able to bring that emotion to the scene, even though it's an action scene. Like you can feel the weight of the scene. At least that's kind of what I get from most of their 
action movies. So, uh, well, but I mean, Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, like mm-hmm. that's the who's who of Hollywood right now, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, you gotta throw Chris Pratt in there, man. Got all the Chris's in there. <laughs> the other one, What's watch the other him one? show up out of nowhere. Chris, it's me. What's the other Chris one? Pratt. Pine. Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Just yeah. all the Chris's in a movie together. Why not? Well, uh, 200, 200 million. I guess is that's that, the budget. That's the budget. Yeah, Holy. that's insane. Yeah, so that's why this is. That's why it was huge news, and we like. I don't know how we missed it. That's so. almost as much as the budget as <laughs> Chill Factor. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys talk about Chill Factor um, last time? Did we talk about Chill Factor We're, last week? Is that coming up on reviews? We'll and review it and recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> Nineteen ninety nine classic chill factor at the end of this podcast that art liked when he was 13 years old and caleb caleb rem- remembered that i remembered too. it yeah 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 we'll, remember I don't re- we'll get to it <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like has has netflix put out a movie yet that you've been like wow this is amazing no right bird box what else we got there bird box can chew one i don't know i feel like there's been some good netflix originals but i can't think of a movie off the top of my head uh, did, did like Brian... i like the haunting of hill house like i thought okay. that was really good but that's a tv series yeah but... they have good tv series but they haven't put out a movie where you're like okay that's you know that's that's really they good got stuff. all those like adam sandler ones yeah <laughs> like true. he signed like what was that like stupid eight movie contract and he's just pumping out weird movies yeah. where he wants to go on holiday yeah don't like... knock the sandman <laughs> wasn't uh uncut gems was that not netflix mm, it might have been oh and the um, that was good and the um the de niro Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Irishman. The Irishman. That was Netflix, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Right? Which I... Meh. A little long. It was a little long. A little long there, I paint houses. I paint houses. Eight out of ten. Oh. Art's worthless reviews on that one. That's uh, generous. Uh, yeah, I didn't like that one. Yeah, too long. Se- 7.5. Okay. Ooh. Fair enough. Fair enough. I get that. Just shaves it a half point. Fair enough. <laughs> So this is uh, interesting. Apparently, um, DC is releasing their first ever interactive movie. I liked Webmeister Bud called it Bat-der-snatch, like Bandersnatch, but Bat-der-snatch. Remember um, a comment that I made on this what? about Bandersnatch no, what on you- this podcast? I, 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 I threw out one of those. I'm watching a movie. I don't want to make decisions. <laughs> It's bad enough that I've had to make the decision to watch this, first off, and now here it's I am. the hardest part of watching a movie is deciding mm-hmm. to watch it. Thank you, Caleb. They yeah. all made fun of it's me. It's the worst, dude. That. That's actually one of the few things I miss about, like, the brick-and-mortar retail store is because, like, you'll, you start looking like a creep after you're in there for too long, like, trying to pick a movie to grab, <laughs> right? Whereas, like, you go through your titles on, like, Netflix, Amazon, Disney Plus, or whatever, there's so much, and you're just like scrolling through i've done it for over an hour like sometimes being mm-hmm. like should i watch this eh, i'm not in the mood of this or that like does your netflix have it's the worst within the last week netflix at least my netflix has released this like randomizer thing yes do you have that yes and it's supposed to randomly pick you can say tv show or movie and it's based on your watching preferences yeah i don't trust it yet i don't trust it at all <laughs> so everybody laughs at me that i watch cable tv and i watch movies on cable tv but there's a reason you just let it settle down <laughs> you just like it when the tv makes the choice for yes. you yeah yes are you yeah I'll watch you're it. watching connor again yeah i'll today. watch it for the yeah. fifth time in the last three weeks because <laughs> it's always on anyway sorry the uh, live action dc film it, i don't know is it live action Oh, sorry, not live action. Um, I think it's a. I think it's an interactive movie. I believe it's animated, and it's based on it's Batman. A joke. No, it's based on Batman. You wrote this cute sheet. <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> it is based on another really um, famous Batman comic, though. It's Batman: Death in the Family. So this is the one where Robin dies. Um, a really famous run. Really famous. Spoilers. Which? Well, that's what you get to decide. Apparently. In if he this, lives or dies? Yeah, you get to decide. Because yeah. it's, it's at the beginning, right? So I don't, I don't know. Maybe if you pick for him to live, like, shit's going to work out different. I, he ends up killing Batman. Ooh. So I've championed, I watched that. I've championed the animated film, the DC animated film, Under the Red Hood. Mm-hmm. Good movie. It's, it's really good. And it's what happens after a death in the family. Uh, I, I, do we have to put a spoiler alert here? This that movie's been around. It's been around for a long, very long time. long time. I don't even know if we can use Mary's voice anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we have to pay her residuals. <laughs> uh, but 
Jason Todd is the Red Hood in that movie, and he's voiced by he's voiced by Jensen Ackles, who. If uh, anybody here listening to this podcast has ever watched Supernatural, very, very uh, popular show that's filmed in Vancouver, actually. And that's, it's had a huge run. It's had like 15 seasons. But he's like the lead in that. And he was doing the voice of Jason Todd or the Red, a.k.a. the Red Hood in this. And uh, he was fantastic. And I was watching the this that Bud put on this, uh, put on our Slack channel there for this, uh, this movie, this interactive movie. Mm-hmm. And... They don't have Jensen Ackles doing Jensen Ackles doing the voice, so I was very upset by that because he was one of the best parts of the uh, Under the Red Hood, and this like treads on that territory so much. So that was disappointing for me. I don't mind these like choose your own adventure movies; they're keeping me interested uh, the, to watch. I don't know. I don't. I do suffer from not being able to pick a movie, sure, but I like being able to interact with the story. I like being able to do that and decide what's going to happen. Like everybody wants to have their hands in everything now. I'm not into it. Thank you, Caleb. Like. Like all this on demand, like we just we have to have everything. We have to have our hands in everything. That the, the on demand thing, I don't think has anything to do with part of it. a like choose your own you adventure. Went from choose movie. your own adventure back yeah. to cable TV. Just choose what I'm going to watch. All the time. I'm tired of choosing. Okay, <laughs> uh, life is full of choices, and it's tough enough. And now I have to play with it in, inside. Yeah. These movies, too. So if it's one thing you've learned from listening to this podcast is art is a follower. 100%. And that's why I decided that I was hosting this podcast today. He's also a very good host. I mean, I was just hosting the last podcast. Mm. Okay. Well, I was just going to give you a break because you've been up since 4 a.m. No, it's okay. I get it. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so you might have to host this one because I don't know a lot about this. So Netflix and Ubisoft have teamed up for an anime series adaptation of Splinter Cell, apparently, um, and it's going to be what written by Derek Colslad, who's best known for writing John Wick. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Fuck John Wick. Or... No, fuck that Derek Colslad. The guy. dog. It could have killed something else. It didn't have to be a dog. It didn't have to be a puppy. It didn't have to be a beagle. It didn't have to crawl its dead body bleeding to the side of John Wick's head in the next scene. It Kirsten, could have been. No animals were hurt in the filming. It of doesn't this movie. matter. Anyway, this um, comes up probably once a week, Kirsten. <laughs> I think this John Wick movie comes up once a week because Kirsten. it's supposed to be really good. Well, she's having a hard time playing The Last of Us. Oh she's my kill god! Dogs yeah, I'll too. get to that later because I've had to kill my first dog in that movie or in that game. Well, I'm glad Kirby's here because I don't know anything about this either. But I just thought maybe you guys did because you guys play video games. Splinter Cell's rad. It's based on Tom Clancy property. Mm-hmm. It's probably my favorite Tom Clancy property. Um, is it a first-person shooter? No, oh. it's uh, it's like third-person. Um, there's a lot of like, like artistically, the game is rad. Like it's plays with light and shadow a lot. You're like a stealth guy named Sam Fisher who sneaks around, gets in all sorts of uh, international incidents, and has to go in, extract something, or go in and be like a ghost as he's moving through, you know, like a huge complex or whatever. I love the Splinter Cell series. If you've never played it. Highly recommend trying um, at least one of them. I think the latest one's still Blacklist. Yeah, there's so many. That game was rad. Insane. Yeah, Um, I'm pretty sure Brian has played Splinter Cell as well. Like if he was here, he'd probably be like, "Yeah, man." So this is weird. This is weird though that they're making a game on it or or a movie on this because, like, historically, video game movies don't do that well. It's animated. Mm Mm-hmm. No, it's not animated. It's live action. It's live action? action? Yeah. I would watch it. And Ubisoft's kind of going hard with this right now, right? Because they're doing... um, They also did the Assassin's Creed movie, which actually did fairly well. It was so bad, though. From a box office standpoint. They're going to make another one. I hope that they make it better. Because I feel like Assassin's Creed's got a great story to it. Yeah. But a lot of Tom Clancy novels have great stories to them as well. And that's why these Hmm. properties are being picked up for adaptations. Right. I think this could do I think this could do well. I guess that makes sense. And it's interesting, though. So what are the Tom Clancy novels called? Are they called Splinter Cell? Oh, 
There's like all sorts of different ones, right? There's Tom Clancy's like Clancy. Rainbow Six. Mm-hmm. Tom Clancy's like that whole Jack. Jack Ryan. Jack yeah. Ryan is Tom yeah. Clancy. Yeah. yeah. Right. So he's done a lot of different stuff. Hmm. He's done Splinter Cell, Rainbow Six, Ghost Recon is Those another are all one. Like video games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's all Tom Clancy. It's so all it's in it, that world. So it's interesting. It's almost like he wrote the books and then they did the video games. So you could almost say that these movies. Or the series is going to be based on the book. And the not stories in the games are always good. Necessary. They're never bad. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I have to check it out. I haven't played it. If Brian was here, he would probably like to yell at you about that. But if Brian was here... <laughs> Wait, Brian doesn't yell at anybody. He's way too Well, nice. like, excitedly yell. Oh. If okay. Brian was here, he would also like to excitedly yell about this news. Um, the Walking Dead has a, the showrunner or writer Robert Kirkman has a new show coming to Amazon. Thank God, something other than The Walking Dead, right, Brian? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's called Invincible. So this is like a Robert Kirkman comic that he wrote uh, back in 2002. Uh, it ran for 144 issues, and instead of a live-action version on Amazon of the comic book they're going animated, which I feel like a lot of people are doing now, and I don't know if that's the pandemic or if they were always just planning doing that. Hmm. But Interesting. this week, uh, Kirkman revealed the cast of this show, and it's insane, and it's got lots of Walking Dead previous cast members. So it's got Lauren Cohen, um, Lenny James, Boo. Michael Cudlitz. I love my cutlets. <laughs> what, what do you got against Lauren it's Cohen? Chocolate pretzels. I'm just kidding. I'm just booing everything having to do with The Walking Dead. Ross Marquand, who, by the way, is an amazing impressionist. If you've ever, if you've never seen him do his micro impressions, you got to Google that after. Doesn't he do the red, uh, the red skull? Yeah, he does red skull In because a, yeah. they he, they couldn't uh, work out the contract Hugo, with Hugo Weaving. Yeah. Mm. yeah, so he had to do Red Skull in the last uh, Avengers. Sonequa Martin Green. Yeah. I was waiting for you to boo. Um, you know what? Yeah, I mean, like, come on. Enterprise, it's not her fault. Or sorry, Discovery. <laughs> it's not her fault. Discovery. It's not her fault. Uh, those aren't even the big names. Nope. The big names well, are in those the smaller ones. I think those are the like huge names, like Walking Dead names. But then, yeah, we got J.K. Simmons, Seth Rogen, and Sandra Oh um, voicing minor parts on the show. Cool. You see, that's where animation is great, where you can get a huge name doing a small role it doesn't you know all they have to do is go in and as long as they're good at doing it man like i feel like some actors they get in there and they just suck and then some are incredible right like bradley cooper is rocket raccoon Uh, fantastic yeah beyonce is nala shitty yeah right (laughs) yeah that's true harrison ford doing his own narration in blade runner the worst. <laughs> <laughs> they should have let, like, I, they needed to have Harrison Ford, obviously, back in that movie, but they should not let Harrison Ford reprise any more of his old roles. Well, Indiana Jones is coming I down know, the pipe, man. I know. Wait a second, though. That Blade Runner 2049 or whatever it was. No, he's good in that he's movie. He's good yeah. in that movie. Yeah, it was a great movie, but. I'm talking about the narration in the original Blade Runner. Oh, okay. It is horrible. Okay. Fair yeah. He sounds like he's like about like he's sounding like he's yelling at like a production assistant who's like right next to him and he's like holding in all this rage while he's reading his narration. I forget, but I feel like I read something about that narration and that they added it in because they did early screenings of the movie and nobody understood what the fuck was going on. So they're like, we need to get Deckard to Probably. Voice over this, or it's not going to make Somebody any probably sense. panicked because the director's cut, it's out of the director's cut. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so the director's cut is better. And that's why they took it out, is because, yeah. or sorry, that's why they added it because they're like, no one's going to understand. But I heard that that's why Harrison Ford, I'm remembering this right now, sounds so shitty, is because it happened like way after the fact and he was doing something else. And he was like, I don't want to fucking record these voiceovers <laughs> right now, but I guess I will. Okay. But I think that's why. But anyway, Harrison Ford should be banned from. I don't know. He just keeps on coming back and then killing his character. Like, Indiana Jones is going to die, right, in this new one? Well, if he does, like, about time. (laughs) You know? (laughs) We got an Uncharted movie coming up here with Tom Holland. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Another video game-based movie. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, like, let's get a new adventure out there. Yeah. I was cool with Brendan Fraser as the mummy mummy at that point. I didn't need Indy to come back. That was a great movie, the original mummy. Yeah. So good. But yeah, I feel like Harrison Ford. He's just gonna do it, and he's gonna and he's gonna kill Indiana Jones, and I'm gonna be really upset. I'm ready to get. I love Indiana Jones. One of my favorites. I used to go to the beach, grab uh, 
like bull kelp make whips as a kid. You know, like stand on the beach and like whip like uh, logs and stuff. Love Indiana Jones. Where? Did but I'm ready for belong? him to. I'm ready for him to go. It belongs to the museum. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, on to rumors and hearsay. So this is weird. The writer on the movie The Dark Knight revealed that the team faced pressure to include a Joker origin story in the movie. So the like producers were like, no, this doesn't make sense. You got to tell us where the Joker came from. Is that David Goyer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, originally, his decision not to include it. So it's his decision. He didn't want to put it in. Uh, and Warner Brothers was like, no, you got to put it in. You have to put it, this in. I'm so glad they didn't put it in. Yeah. At the end of Batman Begins, you get that card, right? He's like another, I think. Yeah, you get a Joker card. Yeah, Jim Corden is like, he's got a flair for the dramatic like you. Leaves a calling card and it's just the the Joker. And it's like, that's all you need. Right? Right? Mm -hmm. That's all you need. So... I and Michael Caine put it perfectly in that movie. Oh, sorry. Alfred put it perfectly in that movie. (laughs) You know, some men just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. Like, sometimes you just need a psycho, right? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing about like when J- the Joker came out that was a huge controversy is because the Joker doesn't really have an origin story. He's not really supposed to have an origin story. So Paul eh, is getting really upset about it. It because, depends on what comic you read. But that's the thing. It's like all of the different comics that you read, those Joker origin stories are usually like um, an unreliable narrator scenario, right? Yeah. They're never... They're never like, this is what happened for sure. It's always like, did it happen? Yeah. Or did you imagine it? That's or actually whatever. one of the things I liked about that movie mm-hmm. was what? because you couldn't trust his viewpoint, even though it was like his main viewpoint. Yeah. I, it was like, I get it, Art. I know you didn't like the Joker. You didn't like the Joker? Or Joker, whatever, whatever, however you want to call it. But Because now um, we have the Batman. So yeah. It's really confusing. <laughs> sort of DC. Yeah. Anyways, I didn't think it was like uh, an all-time great movie, but that was definitely one thing that I did like about it. And uh, hopefully there's some rules like set in place by some of these people to keep to stay true to characters at least even if you are going to take a different spin on it you know like certain character traits for certain villains or heroes or whatever there should be like some basic tenets that you need to follow in order to stay true to a character yeah i don't think you should be rewriting everything all the time yeah the scene where he like goes to wayne manor and it's just like no 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 (laughs) no 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 you didn't want to see little oh, Bruce oh. playing on that playground? Yeah. Playing with his stick and ball? God, it's so bad. We, we have so much Joker in lore, in comic book lore, and none of it has history. He doesn't have history anywhere. We that's not true. That's not true. He falls into the vat of acid. There's definitely, there's definitely been Joker stories where you learn about his past. Mm-hmm. But not to the extent of Arthur Flack and his... Mm-hmm. Flack, whatever... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I don't have a problem with that, but I think that because that movie was about Joker, like that's what it was supposed to be about. But if they had well, put the it dark, in... the Dark Knight is very much about the Joker. Like I, I feel like that movie was so. A lot of people watch that movie and they're like, "Wow, this is it's not Batman movie." But I think it was good that they didn't put an origin story in there because the thing is, when you have a character like the Joker. You don't, I, I, you don't need it. Like audiences, the Joker's been around for years. People know the Joker. People know what he's about. People know, like they don't, you don't need to put an origin story in a Batman movie about the Joker. Like if you're going to use like a third, whatever tier bad guy, like when they're not that Bane is third tier, but if you have someone like Bane in there, fifth tier, you got it. You got to introduce him and like, this is Bane. This is where he comes from. This is Ra's al Ghul. This is where he comes from. That makes you wonder too, like if there was anything in, uh, in mind for that Joker character, you know, before the passing of hundred percent there, the third one was going to have a minute. Mm. Like that's that's a well-known fact, right? And then Heath Ledger passed away, and then they had to retool how they were gonna. Like, and I feel like Chris Nolan didn't on from want there. to do that third one, and I think it kind of showed when you watched that third movie. Well, him and his brother wrote it, so yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> it sounds like maybe they maybe wanted they to do it. Maybe they wanted. To I do just it. I I don't know. I got my issues with that third one, but I mean, these movies are like now like what almost ten years old, so. Yeah. Time to <laughs> let those sleeping dogs lie. <laughs> I watched. I watched it on. I think it was AMC or the other day, and it's it's a fine film. Which like, one? 
the Dark Knight Rises. Oh. Like, it's not a masterpiece or anything, but it's fine. If you watch the um, Batman-Catwoman fighting on the rooftop sequences, in the background, you can watch, like, the henchmen that they're, like, fighting falling over, like, reacting to, like, kicks and punches that don't exist, and they just fall down. (laughs) Yeah, there's one thing about Nolan, like, he's just not fantastic with those action sequences at all. They're not great. They weren't good in Batman Begins, but it didn't matter because the story was so Well, that strong. stunt at the beginning of where they tear the wings off the plane and go down the fuselage, that's a pretty cool stunt. But as for an action sequence, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a bit of a difference. Like the hand-to-hand combat, yeah, yeah, that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's going to be interesting when Tenet comes out because I feel like that's going to be a really action-driven movie. Mm. And I feel like there's lots of slow-motion sequences in that, too. At least He's the, good at that. No. Like the big set pieces and stuff, he's really good at that. Well, look, like we got Caleb here. We don't need Paul to say set pieces. Like sent Interstellar, right? <laughs> I, or not Interstellar, um, Inception. That had like... Yeah. That had action sequences, right? That, that hallway were, fight while the yeah. fight was, yeah. uh, while the hallway spinning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. So I th- that's what I expect more of in, in Tenet. Anyway. And not so many people just <laughs> falling over from not being punched. Yeah, I don't want to go back and watch that now. You <laughs> should. It's it's funny. It's like legit <laughs> funny. Yeah. Uh, reviews and recommendations. Uh, even though Webmeister Bud is not here, he's on holiday, taking like his first holiday ever. Um, he sent us a review of Transformers The War for Cybertron Trilogy Siege, which I noticed are that you put in um, dashes in between everything. But this is the this is the title that we keep on making fun of because it actually has what two or three colons in it. It's Transformers colon The War for Cybertron colon Trilogy colon Siege. Good God. Bud, let's hear your review. Well, hi. It's Bud. I wanted to send this along because it's timely, because the show just came out, and so it would be appropriate if we do a review and recommendation the week it comes out or the week after. Uh, But I'm not here. I'm on vacation, which is really just time off to do things that I would normally do on the weekend for days on end because the weekend never ends and it's kind of lovely and it's great. Um, Hi! Did I say hi and that it's Bud already? Hi, Art. Hi, Kirsten. Uh, hi to the spirit of Paul and Brian. I'll see y'all in person hopefully next geek out. For now, I wanted to review Transformers, colon, War for Cybertron Trilogy, second colon, Siege. This is a new, they call it a Netflix anime series. This takes place in the final hours of the civil war between the Autobots and Decepticons on their home planet of Cybertron before they jet off of Cybertron. And I mean, eventually in the original G1 cartoons end up on Earth. Um, I should explain the whole G1 thing. This is generation one of Transformers, which I guess encompasses the 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 80s cartoon 1984 through 87 i think and the movie transformers the movie from 1986 oh and of course all of the toys that were associated with it because the transformers and gi joe were basically one big toy commercial and i'm okay with that it's part of my childhood so this series is fully g1 there's optimus prime there's ultra magnus there's wheeljack hound mirage sideswipe prowl a lot of your your base g1 characters for the decepticons you've got megatron Soundwave, laser beacon ravage some of the cassettes which is great uh the original seekers starscream skywarp and thundercracker and refractor uh, which is a new name for reflector which was a three transformer combo that they could they could all turn into a single camera a single lens reflex camera i'm probably nerding out a lot here and people don't understand what i'm saying anyways it's nice to see optimus prime have a mouth guard again as opposed to having those weird michael bay lips which is the main reason that those movies are persona non grata to me i and also i feel like optimus prime wearing a face mask um a lot of autobot females in this series which is great uh elita one chromia Moonracer, and rc who we saw from the movie like so i guess that took two years there was one show oh man something of the nightbird i can't remember anyways it featured uh a non-speaking female ninja robot transformer thing. I'm just pulling this from memory. Anyways, the series 
does lean a bit on the AllSpark, which is a creation of the movies, not my favorite thing. But what really brings me back for this series are not just the characters, but two voices in particular. Optimus Prime, played by this kid, this kid named Jake Fushi, who I'm, we've talked about before on The Geek Out. Um, and then uh, a really amazing Starscream. Um, boy, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. It'll come to me uh, that is not in this recording. But he is fantastic, uh, sort of uh, homage to Chris Latta, the late voice of... Starscream and Cobra Commander. Um, none, most of the rest of the voices are just voices. They're very well acted. It doesn't really take me out of it that they're not sort of, uh, I won't say imitations, but homages to the original. But it is really great to have a Starscream and an Optimus Prime, kind of just like the cartoons. They dip into some deep lore. Uh, if you're an old nerd like me and you remember the origin story of Jetfire who in some instances was called Skyfire, he started out as a Decepticon and crashed and the Autobots found him and then he was a, an Autobot. This is in the cartoon. They sort of touch on this in War for Cybertron Trilogy, colon, Siege. They talk about Alpha Trion. They mention the Space Bridge, which is something from, I think, one of the first uh, three episodes. An interesting, An interesting time to be on the ground and to see... Megatron's message of quote-unquote unity that he was sort of broadcasting to all the Decepticons that were out there in this time. It's interesting to get sort of the... It's him trying to look like the good guy, but his unity is basically to either destroy or reformat the um, the Autobots. And the Guardians are a neat... I, it's sort of a spoiler, so I'm not going to get too much into it, but it's a, a really neat aspect of this series. There are less transformations there is more plot there is death there is some impactful sound design really really enjoyed that there is some solid logical battles it's not just lasers and pew pew and there's conflict within the camps within within the autobots and the decepticons and some loyalty turnabouts dave stewart in the geek up pod group uh, passed along a great review from comicbook.com about uh it's chapter one is what they call it it's only six episodes uh this first chapter there are going to be three chapters i believe the next one is called Earthrise, and the third one is called kingdom we have no leads on when they are coming this series just dropped and they are a while away and these are what they call transmedia franchises which it means it also encompasses uh, games maybe toys i don't know if there's toys maybe comics i can't remember anyways bud gives this Eight out of ten geeky squeaks. Probably eight and a half out of ten geeky squeaks. Great nostalgia. Um, great to see Cybertron. We always needed, just like we always needed more future future wars uh, in the Terminator series, we always needed more Cybertron in, uh, in Transformers cartoons or anime series or whatever. So, yeah, that's... Hi, nice to be here. That's my contribution to the Geek Out podcast for this week. You guys sound great. I love you all. I'll talk to you uh, next week. Okay. Ha ha ha, great review, bud. God, <laughs> God bless you, bud. Somebody had to watch this. And, and I'm glad there's someone. Were those live action? No, they're no, cartoons. Was, oh, cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. I probably should have listened to Bud's thing before. <laughs> Sorry, bud. We didn't have a chance to listen to it. Sorry, we, we're, we're in a time a crunch. Day. It's been a busy day. I'm, yeah, yeah Lambo's breathing down our necks to get out of here. Yeah. So remember when I like sent in a nine-minute clip, Bud listened to the whole thing, so... How long was this clip? I think it was six minutes and 52 seconds. Jeez, you really know who your friends are. I would have listened to it if I would have known that it was coming in. But uh, You're not part of this podcast, Caleb. Okay? Quit sucking up. You're lucky to be here. Okay, uh, more reviews and recommendations. Do you guys want a review and recommendation? Chill Factor? (laughs) Uh, What's there to be said about Chill Factor that hasn't already been said about... The war in Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, Chill Factor is not that good of a movie. I remember watching it when I was younger, and I was like, this isn't bad. But I forgot about the intro to that movie. Yeah. It takes them like 45 minutes to get her going. <laughs> okay, so Chill Factor is, uh, I, I, I don't know what you want to call it. because it Don't waste tra- too much time on this. <laughs> it changes what it wants to be, like, I don't know, three or four times in the movie. But it's like an action comedy movie starring Skeet Ulrich and Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> Ten years ago, the U.S. government created a secret weapon 
that could remain completely harmless until its temperature reached 50 degrees. The man responsible prayed it would never fall into the wrong hands. Let's find the prize. Unfortunately. Where is it? It's about to be handed off. Doc, you have to take this to Farm Magruder. Has to be kept cold. To a short order cook. Morning. And an ice cream delivery man. I need your ice cream truck. You are not taking my truck. How far you got to go? Their second collaboration. Yeah. Is it? After yeah. um After as good as it gets. <laughs> I forgot he was in And that was as good as it got for them. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> nice, Kirsten. Nice. That's what Cuba, I'm here for. Didn't Cuba Gooding Jr. win Best Supporting Actor for Jerry Maguire? Yeah. I feel like that was after as good as Yeah, it but was. she was talking about the combination of them. No. no. Okay. Yeah. God, Art. It's just for the puns here. Calm down, Kirsten. Um, okay. <laughs> this movie, though, so 1999 insane i while we were watching this movie which uh art chose for his choice movie night so was full of good decisions lately your choice movie night which i think we've talked about on the podcast before but if you don't know what it is it's basically one of us chooses a movie everybody shows up to that person's house and we have no idea what movie we're about to watch And then we watch it. Like, the reason we say no idea is just so you can't complain and bitch about it before you show up. And the free dinner is always good. And there's always a free dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're cooking. (laughs) I feel like Chill Factor, to get back to the movie, is, like, it wants to kind of be like The Rock and kind of be like Speed. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great, it's definitely. It's like Die Hard with a Vengeance mixed with The Rock and Speed. And And a touch of. I don't know, something with Chris Rock in it. Because I felt like Cuba Gooding Jr. was like channeling Chris Rock. I thought he was kind of, I thought he was doing the Zeus from uh Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, it just the, he overacts the shit out of this movie, Cuba Gooding Jr. He's but the only really, thing that holds it together. But really he's yeah, he's it's it's all that he can do to hold this movie together <laughs> because the dialogue is so bad. The dialogue is bad. It's got one of the worst bad guys in any movie I've ever seen. <laughs> the bad guy in that movie is horrible. He's really bad. But some of the, citizen. the stunts where they're driving through Utah, even though it's like Montana, but they're calling it, I mean, sorry. Yeah, they're calling Montana, they're calling Utah Montana. Yeah. It's actually filmed in Utah, and they're like, oh yeah, we're hanging out in Montana with our ice cream truck. The stunts are pretty good. Uh, give us the tagline for this movie, Kirsten. Uh, the tagline for this movie is, I'm trying to find it, I didn't have it wrote, no, that's not it. I know what it is. Well, why don't you say it then? <laughs> well, I thought you had it Okay, up here it is. Two, bo- two guys, one bomb, and a whole lot of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> the weird thing about this movie is there's so many famous people in it. It was a huge budget uh, for the time, $70 million. Um, and that's I'd, insane. I'd never heard of this movie, and now I know why. It made back five million. Yeah. <laughs> and the director of this movie is Hugh Johnson. <laughs> like, I thought that was a joke. I'm like, that's got to be an alias, right? It probably uh, was after the fact. Yeah. And he, uh, Hugh Johnson, never went on to direct anything again. And the two writers also never went on to write anything ever again. This has got to be the end of Skeet Ulrich's, like, career too right they were trying to like put him as like the Huge action hero Johnson. like oh, and my. and he absolutely god this movie was terrible if you know what skeet arch is just a poor man's johnny depp he had like kind of like that look of like johnny a little bit in the 90s and like i remember when he had his hair long and he's like look at me i got a plaid shirt tied around my waist and i'm wearing jeans and i play guitar <laughs> and i'm trying to look all sultry like johnny depp does in a lot of his movies and everyone's like yeah you look like him but you're not that good of an actor <laughs> no he is not no he's not and i apologize to ski all if he hears this but <laughs> i hate to break it to you buddy <laughs> you're just not that good <laughs> oh uh, Hans Zimmer is the uh, yeah. I don't know what composer. Hans Zimmer did to be the composer of this movie. He probably took up half of the the budget. Let's be honest. At that time, right? Okay, so we're not recommending this movie. We are reviewing it. <laughs> well, not... if you want to have a laugh at something, it's... I don't think it's. I don't think it's even worth watching. I give this movie a four out of ten. <laughs> wow. 
It's hard to rate this movie because I enjoyed watching it with you guys because we just made fun of it the entire time. But if I had gone to a theater to watch this movie, yeah, it would have been like a three or a four. Like, what did I just watch? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Review and recommendation. You guys are playing new video games right now. Yes. Yeah, I think you guys should talk about those. What are you playing? Curb? Me first? Yeah. I'm playing Ghosts of Tsushima. It's awesome. And everybody should play it. And I hope everybody does play it because it's so good. Why is it so awesome, Kirby? One, it's insanely pretty. Like, it takes place in, like, uh, like feudal Japan, like, 1200s when the Mongols are, like, invading the island of Tsushima. And you're a samurai and you have to protect it from, like, a Mongol invasion. But, like, your honor comes into, like, question because you're starting to use tactics to take out this army that are, like considered dishonorable by like the Bushido code, like samurai code, Hmm. because it's like, yeah, you're sneaking around and you're slitting throats and doing that sort of stuff. But like my favorite thing about this game kind of sounds Mulan-esque is how like not only is it beautiful, but they found like really, really creative ways to tell you where to go. There's this whole system in this game, which guides you by the way the wind is blowing. Right. So like in traditionally in video games, there's a map, Right. And you either got to press pause to access the map or in a lot of games, they have like a mini map in the bottom corner of the game. Problem with that is when you're looking where you need to go, you always look down at the stupid little map in the corner and you don't get to like soak in like all this like crazy artistry that these game developers have put in to like crafting this game world. And they seem to have like licked that problem by putting in this guiding wind. Mm -hmm. And it's also like just completely torn down that other video game cliche of I got to climb to the highest point of this tower to unlock this map. You don't do that in this game either. So like, it's got all these neat little improvements that are so simple to correct like problems that have been plaguing games for like a decade now. I really, I really, really, really like this game. Do you get to eat sushi? No. Damn it. (laughs) I like those quiet moments. Can you You write haikus? Oh, that, yeah. that sounds like a lovely quiet moment. Yeah. You like get in front and you and take in like a view and it's like focus on serenity and you like gear down and you have baths and hot springs. Gear down. What yeah. does that mean? Camp I mean get naked. Drop trow. Oh, do you see yeah. butts? You see butts. Yeah. I'm borrowing this game from you after. You will. Um, is the bat So when they previewed this game for um, Future of Gaming, PS whatever, 4 yeah. or 5, Future of Gaming, I thought that the combat system and especially like the stealth stuff looked a lot like Assassin's Creed, which is an Ubisoft game. And this game is what? Sucker Punch. Yeah. Did Have you noticed that? <clears throat> have you played yeah. any of the new? So, so I will say that the stealthy kind of stuff is very Assassin's Creedy, but the combat is so much better mm-hmm. in a way that like, especially with the new Assassin's Creed, like, like the skill tree, you don't need to like work up points as much as like you have to grind in like the later Assassin's Creed games. Like there's not much grinding at all. And, um, it's really cool because like there's, uh, four different kinds of, well, there's four different kinds of sword fighting stances mm-hmm. and your different sword fighting stances work differently against enemies that you're fighting. So like, it's kind of like a combat puzzle, right? There'll be like a guy with a spear and then like you tip, you pick up your sword higher and you change your stance to like this higher stance where you can come down on the spear, like either break it in half, push it into the ground and slash the guy or whatever. But it also has like these super cool samurai moments that are like inspired by Akira Kurosawa where he'll walk up to a group and you'll go up there and you'll like call them out. So like this group of Mongols will come out and you get in like a showdown, kind of like a Western style or like samurai showdown type of thing. And you, you're basically like anticipating the other guy to make the first move. So you got to hold down the triangle button. Mm-hmm. And then when like the guy comes out, you got to release it at the last second. And like you can mess this up so bad. Yeah. But if you hit it, you'll like slash like right oh. through a guy and then you. You know, like you take them down and like sometimes the other guys in the clan are like, oh, oh, and then as you get better, you can do it like multiple times and like chain attack. It's and isn't it like, isn't the it combat like a, is fun. a full on like Kurosawa mode you can put this yeah, game in too? Yeah. And it's like, it's a, not only is it black and white, they, they really did this justice because like Akira Kurosawa, one of the greatest directors of all time, um, you know, made, uh, samurai movies back in like, 
you know, the fifties, basically up until like nineties, like early nineties when he passed away. But, um, they go back to like the Yojimbo, uh, kind of era where it's black and white and it's got like a grainy type of movie filter on it. But also, cause like Kurosawa was known for movement. Like that's like what everybody, when they look at like what he did in his movies, they're like, Oh, there's always something moving in the background, whether it's smoke, people running through the frame just to like liven up a frame, make it feel like, like real, like there's life in it. So in the, in Kurosawa mode, the wind is also like a lot more oh, blustery. That's cool. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And the soundtrack for this game is incredible. Like, and how far into this incredible. game are you? I'd say I'm probably about halfway, maybe, maybe a little under half. Yeah. The big open world game. Yeah. Too, it's right? huge. Yeah. yeah. Nice run, Kirby. Uh, you yeah. went pretty far from going. It's really good. People should see it to giving us the history of the director. <laughs> Kirsten, what are you playing? <laughs> are you hosting this podcast now? Well, <laughs> someone's got to get this show on the road. Yeah. Yeah. And going to be here in 15 minutes. Um, I'm playing Last of Us 2, so this is a follow-up to Last of Us. It's like a zombie apocalypse uh, kind of game. It was like a huge release. It was PlayStation uh, 4, I no, 3? 4. 3. 3. End of 3, and then they re-released it They re-released it for 4. Um, exclusive game. Anyway, so they've got a sequel now. It takes place, I think, five years after the end of Last of Us. And, um, yeah, you've got to kill dogs in it. I'm not happy about that. You have to? Yes. Well, you have to. Yeah, because they're the bad guys. But here's the thing. So, so I read, I haven't read any of the spoilers for this game. Um, Why would Kirsten James buy a game where you have to kill because I, w- I wanted to play this game. I got some bad news for you if you want to play Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, no. <laughs> Do I have to kill dogs? Why are there dogs in feudal Japan? They're Mongol dogs. Oh. <laughs> Not all dogs are good, person. But they all go to heaven, right? <laughs> I hate that movie. Um, anyway, the game so far is, is pretty good. I don't know how far into it. I, I'm in, like, chapter two or three, which sounds like it's not very far, but the chapters each have their own little stories to themselves um yeah so no spoilers i haven't read any of the spoilers about it either um but so far like i'm liking the gameplay i love the pacing like naughty dog knows how to pace a game really well like you can go from like a really intense like 15 20 minutes you're hiding from zombies zombies are running at you you're gonna you have to shoot them you might die like there's a whole bunch of shit going on and then suddenly you get a breather and then you get to wander around like a new area for 10 minutes and just kind of like chill out. Naughty Dog knows how to do that. Naughty Dog knows how to light their games. Oh, they're the best at it. Lighting games. Yeah. But this game so far, like I, I, it doesn't look great for an end of generation PS4 game. I would expect it to look better, especially for Naughty Dog. Um, I was telling Caleb the other day, like, I don't know what's going on with the walking but like the sprites that they're using for walking are so overreactive. It's just like the 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 arms pump anywhere you're walking, like back and forth, like really ridiculously. Like Tom Cruise esque. Yeah, sure. Like you got a Tom Cruise rock constantly. There's no normal walking in this game. It's like huh. you're always walking like you're on like a fucking mission to go anywhere. And it looks stupid. Um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't get over it when I'm playing it. I'm like, stop. Walk, fucking Ellie, put your fucking elbows down. Walk like a normal person. Um, so that that's <laughs> just driving me nuts. Um, yeah, the game, some parts of it look awesome, but I'm not getting those like really cool cinematic moments that again naughty dog is known for like where you know you walk to a new area and then the camera will kind of like take control for a second and pull up or pan up or show you something like really cool about this new area none of that's really happened um Mm. and i gotta kill dogs i'm enjoying playing it um but yeah i just got to the part where i guess i'm gonna have to start killing a lot of dogs because i made it through this game i think i probably like I don't know, 10 hours in. And I was like, okay, great. I haven't seen the dog people yet that I knew were coming. Great. And then I get to this area and then it's like, press L1 to see your scent trail from the dog. And I'm like, oh, fuck no, it's it's coming. And uh, I heard like one really interesting thing about this game too, is that like they mourn yes. people. Like mm-hmm. when, like if you kill somebody, 
like another character that like maybe is in that camp, like a bad guy or whatever, like finds that person's body and they're like, they use like people's names. They're like, oh no, Art, yeah. Art, Art, talk to me. And then you hear like, <laughs> or like a dog. It's like, oh no, Art. Art. <laughs> <laughs> it works both ways. Yeah. Yeah, it's been really weird because, yeah, usually your experience in video games, you go into the enemy camp, you do the stealth thing, you take people out. Yeah. Someone dies and they'll be like, oh, no, somebody's yeah. in the area. Send the patrol. And there's, like, nothing about that dead that person. That dead person, yeah. Whereas this one, it's, like, a lot. They've got names. They've yeah. got backgrounds. Like That's kind of like, cool. Art, you had two children and now you're dead. I'm going to get the <laughs> fucker who did this. Um, and then the dogs mourn, too. If you shoot the owner, then the dogs will... <laughs> cry over their owner's body <laughs> anyway that's the part i really didn't like about killing the dogs is that they have like a dog being hurt sound effect and like oh. the first dog i had to kill i didn't have any like ammo on me so i had to use like an axe noise? i had to use an axe horrible horrible bad person <sighs> hey did you know that hbo is making a last of a series like television series yeah i heard about that yeah. it was supposed to have um Maisie Williams in it. I don't know if it's still going to, though. Mm. Years ago, they talked about it, and they were like, It's Maisie like the Williams. Westworld people that are writing it. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think. I think Maisie Williams would be a good Ellie. I don't know anymore. Mm. Like, I feel like maybe she'd be a, a bit old now. Yeah. But what, um, what was that show that we were supposed to talk about? We forgot. Yeah, what's this wolf show? Yeah, yeah Raised by Wolves. Dude, dial it up. So anyways, it's this new show that's going to be an HBO show, and it's, like, on HBO Max because that's the new thing. Yeah. And, like, by the way, HBO, you're being super, uh, like, confusing about your streaming services and, like, what you get it's and everything. True. HBO Go, Stars. HBO Max, like, what are we talking about here? But I guess HBO Max is kind of oh, like their, Ridley Scott. their version of Netflix. Oh, no wonder. Oh, no. Oh, no. no <laughs> Don't say it out loud. No. Why? Why? Anything Ridley Scott, this guy's horny for. Yeah, Ridley man. Scott could take a shit and this guy would watch. <laughs> That's you and the Russos, man. It's like the Russos can do anything and it doesn't matter. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Anyways, it does look good, and it is Ridley Scott who's producing it, and I think it looks awesome. It's like a futuristic show where children are actually being raised by like, um, like artificial intelligence, and like artificial intelligence doesn't know what to do with the children because they like, like they're saying that like these kids actually want like inherent belief systems and everything, so they're like. Uh, kind of clashing with each other. And that's really all they've hmm. kind of given away. But the trailer is so badass. Like, just the artistic direction behind it. Like, it, it looks like a movie. Like, it looks who so the, good. Who did the... Uh, who do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. You know, we didn't talk about Deacons? the Black Widow is it, is trailer. It, wait, is it Deacons that did the... The um the visual the the art direction is um, Deacon. I don't know. Okay. I, I think it like I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. It could be. Okay, we got eight minutes here before Lambo busts right. us out. So really, it's like seven. Yeah, we didn't talk about Black Widow. That was this our is, lead. It's not even on here. Yeah, I screwed this up. You you wrote what a horrible you wrote sheet. as your line Black Widow trailer two exclamation marks but then didn't put it in the cue sheet. It looks friggin' good. Like, really good. Did it have a release date on it? What's going on? It also, like, Florence Pugh looked great, and so does... The um, Pooh Bear? Yeah, like, she, like they look... And I guess uh, Black Widow's... Uh, Natasha's mom is in it as well. That's oh. her mom. Yeah, like, that's like a family dinner there. And it's... I don't know, it has that... Uh, I thought rope. I saw this trailer, like, a long time ago. No, it just came out. There's a new one that just oh. came out, and it... Uh, it looks really good. It was really long, too. It's like two minutes long or something like we that. We should have watched these trailers before we started talking about well, this. Well, Kirsten should have, for sure. She should have. <laughs> I understand why you didn't, but Kirsten. I was, I was doing other things. Hi, future Kirsten here. Now that you've clearly heard my excuse that I did not watch this trailer, I'd like you to know that after the podcast, we found out that this is not a new Black Widow trailer at all. It's four months old and it was trending on Twitter and so I guess Art assumed that it was a new trailer and hadn't actually seen it before. The reason Black Widow was trending on Twitter is because a lot of people were thinking that maybe it would be released on Disney Plus like Mulan, which we found out now that it hasn't. But anyways, please enjoy Art's review of a four-month-old trailer. Uh, 
but it has uh, the Taskmaster. Lots of new stuff from him. Looks sweet. There's also this one great scene that they're like in midair fighting that just looks incredible. And this has a real like Rogue One type feel to this movie. Hmm. You know, like I think everybody's going to be massacred at the end of this movie. Yeah. Except for. Except for the poo, because she's going to take over. Spoiler. Well, I'm assuming, like, (laughs) the Black Widow's dead, right? So they need somebody new, and the poo is super famous now. They, like, really lucked out with that casting, by the way. Yeah, and I think they also give us a a date, a new date, when this movie's coming out. Why did I not have it here? I'm terrible, We're never allowed to host this podcast again. Hey, I didn't host it. You did. (laughs) Worst episode ever. <laughs> anyway, there's a new release date. It's uh, May of next year, I think is what they're Are you just making for. that up? Are you just guessing? I'm guessing, yeah. It's May of next year at some point. It's making me watch like an ad yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, Wait, yeah, here yeah. we go, here we go. It was supposed to be like out already. It was supposed to come out in like March or something yeah. like that. We were supposed to have already seen it. Anyway, there's lots of there's lots May of May 1st. There you yeah. go. Oh, look at that. Art. Right on the money. Art Aronson. Yeah, he narrowed it down to the month, man. Congratulations. <laughs> I said May oh, of next shit. year. Speaking of months, we have to change the calendar. Oh, there's so oh, many things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So we got Stormtroopers for uh, July. Yeah. Does anyone have a guess for August? Can we Ooh, say August, the best month. Yeah, August is pretty good, I have to say. Um. Okay, what have we seen? <laughs> Jason's going to be so mad. We've seen R2-D2, Ray, Kylo, Finn. Jenna. Oh, Jenna got her own month. <laughs> BB-8, the Knights of Ren, and Stormtroopers. What's left? It's uh, what's his name? Oh, at our, uh, at Oscar Art Isaac. Our Oscar Isaac's Ar- Oscar Isaac. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, let's do that. What's his Poe Dameron? Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron. Yeah. Uh, nice. Rebel, rebel, rebel is what it says. Which what? <laughs> Process of elimination. Yeah, but we still got like four more ones left. His character sucks too, by the way. I like Poe Dameron. Uh, yeah, those uh, those those sequels weren't that good. He's weak. All right, Art, where can we find you? Uh, at Art Aronson, you can also find uh, me at Between the Stammers. Uh, we have Between the S on Twitter, and also uh, you know check out our podcast we're gonna try and do multiple episodes here for, for the first time in a long time because uh, the Canucks are in the playoffs right now and you can find it at uh, sort of the zone.fm slash podcast they're in the playoffs Kirsten <laughs> sort of damn it Kirsten <laughs> um yeah sweet good K- job Art wait Caleb where can we find you at Curbman 23 on Twitter and um I'm Kirsten James and this is the most awkward end to a podcast ever I'm sorry to everyone bye <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're waiting. (laughs) The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.